down to this. Tick tock, watch the clock. Every hour, every minute, every second that I'm here. Sitting up, perfect posture. Feeling like I'm an imposter. One damn well that I lost you. Why am I still fighting? Lying to me yet again. Playing with me for the win. Telling me that you're going to hang out and play Xbox with some of your friends. Hey, stop lying. You're probably somewhere popping tags on her. Stop lying. Probably somewhere throwing cash on her. Stop lying. She's probably somewhere throwing ass on you. Trying not to go ballistic and be a statistic and go out and shoot up your car. You've been doing things out of spite. Going out and staying out all night. I do not know what to do. Big signals got me so confused. Why you're breaking all the rules? And I got nothing else to lose, baby. You've been doing things out of spite. Blow the smoke, turn savage Girl, let this nigga have it For the first and last time Trigger fingers, getting happy Blow this nigga's mind You gon' lie and play games Pull the shit and you stupid Tried your best to play Cupid My nigga, you thought you wouldn't lose me Spending all your money on her Princess cuts in the front when you listen to her Nigga, that shit that hurts But what you deserve is much worse, ayy Us jump back in time. Uh, where were we um, born? Uh, where was we born and raised, uh, Renetta? So I was born and raised on the south side of Houston, Texas. Um, Houston is home. This is pretty much so all I know is H Town. <laughs> that, that H. And what was it? What was your experience like growing up in in, in the south side? of um of houston was it because I've, obviously depending on where you are um right. you, you, you could be in a suburbs and it's pretty nice or you could be you know so were you in suburb type um uh, environments or were you in so, the coast? i was um in the suburbs um uh my dad was a single father so my grandmother helped out with me my dad would go to work or the studios or either we would all tag along so my grandmother's neighborhood was pretty quiet um all the kids knew my dad all the kids knew her um it was just a really cool neighborhood 
Mm-hmm. I can't really explain the kids now wouldn't wouldn't understand the things that happened in that neighborhood where we would get out in the street, kickball, um, play tag, hide and seek. We didn't really have the type of technology that we have now. Definitely so, not. so we had you, to get out there and get active. <laughs> you, 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 there was a lot more of a, a community sense where there was a lot of physical activity going on. As you say, you were out there on your bikes, hide right. and seek, you know, making tree houses maybe. And yeah, it was a lot of adventures in my, my grandmother's neighborhood. I used, I tell my cousins now, like, y'all don't know fun. Mm. Y'all will never understand fun. Definitely, definitely. And was it a a, a mixed neighborhood? Um, Hispanic, Latino, Black, or? So it was very mixed. Um, we had two neighbors. One of our neighbors was um, actually Chinese, oh. Mr. Wynn. Um, his daughter and I, we were best friends. Her name is Trinal. And she is actually who got me into the orchestra. Her parents listened to nothing but classical music. Mm-hmm. She wasn't allowed to listen to rap or um, pop or anything like that. It was strictly classical music, like mm-hmm. Beethoven. She mm-hmm. knew how to play the piano, the bass cello. She knew how to play every kind of classical instrument that you can possibly think of. That was her background. Yes. So yeah, we were we were strictly diverse. Across the street, I learned about reggaeton. Um, Miss Martinez lived across the street. Mm. That was a neighborhood lady for tamales. So <laughs> every weekend she would have her little table out there and the kids knew you just go over there, you can grab a tamale, grab whatever you want. Um, so yeah, it was really diverse. It really was. And I'm really thankful for that. The community was more of a family. Mm-hmm. So the support in my grandmother's neighborhood was outstanding as far as shows, music, talent shows. I knew that the neighborhood was going to come out and support and they still do. Mm. So yeah, it's, it was beautiful. So from an early age, um, were you always thinking of entertaining and singing or has this kind of grown on you? Um, so I used to tell my dad, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to um, teach history, science. I just wanted to be a teacher. But I told him that was my backup plan if I didn't become a pop star first. (laughs) So (laughs) for um, career day, I was always a pop star for career day. So it's been been in my blood, I'm going to say, for a very, very long time. And what what, what, can you remember uh, a situation or maybe a, a particular artist that made you think I want to be like that person it was sure um sure okay so I was a sure fan as a kid I I enjoyed her the way she entertained Mm -hmm. um I had the liberty of going to one of her concerts I think I was five years old and I remember telling my grandmother like that's what I want to do. I want to perform like her. She's in costumes. Yeah. My favorite song was Do You Believe in Love? Like that was that was it. That was my theme song. I just wanted to be like her. And I guess as you say, at at that age as well, and mixed with, excuse me, with her um, 
her singing talent it it was the theatrics of it all wasn't it it was the costumes it was the set design sure. like she had so much fun and it looked like she was so comfortable up there she was in her own world and you couldn't take your eye off you had no choice but to watch because you would be scared that you would miss something and you want to take it all in so when i went to see her i had a voice when i came back it was gone because i'm screaming like you're the best i want to be like you <laughs> like if someone had a camcorder to have that footage from that night that would have told whoever act whoever would ask me a question like if you want to be that footage would tell you mm. from that moment on i knew i wanted to sing i wanted to perform and I wanted to grab an audience the way she did. Yeah. Well, to talk about that, what what is it like when you know you, you you're performing and you've pretty much got the audience in your in your hands of sorts, and they're they're singing along, they're they're doing they're they're making all the right noises. Is, it, is what does that sensation, if you can sort of quantify that, what does that kind of feel like? Um, it's emotional. It happened once um, in San Antonio, me and D1, we have a song called Boss. And it was fairly new. We had just put it out. And when we went to San Antonio, we're getting on stage and the house is packed. You cannot see the door. Like it is packed. And when we got on stage and they played the song, the crowd just instantly went crazy. The lights, the cameras started coming out. And I'm looking at D1 like, did we do something? Like, what's going on? He's looking at me. And as soon as the beat drops, we put the microphones to our, to our mouths to get ready to sing our words. And they did it for us. Whoa. So we're just sitting here looking at each other like, how do they know this song? And they knew word for word for word. So the whole night, we're just doing this like... <laughs> And I think I looked at him and he's like, you're crying. I'm like, it's happy tears, bro. Yeah. Like this has never happened. And to this day, that is like our go-to song. And people sing that song with us. And it's just, ugh, I don't know. It just makes you, makes me cry every time. So that's I'm a, still not used to it. That's a nice feeling. Do you, what, can you, um, well, do you know why they, New, you know, like specifically San Antonio, when you went there, did you get a lot of radio play there or something? Or did you do a lot of promoting in that city? That is the thing. We never did radio there until the week of the show. They didn't play that song until the night of the show. It had just probably been out for about a week. The only place that we promoted that song was literally Instagram and Facebook. Mm. We never drop the song here in on the radio station in Houston. We never we never did any of that. We just wanted to kind of ease it out there because yeah. that was my first project and that was my single. And the demographic of the song, it actually showed that more people downloaded it in the Austin, the San Antonio area. Mm -hmm. So we have more fans in Austin and San Antonio than in Houston. Which and it's weird that it's like that. Yeah. But because the people in Houston already know you, mm -hmm. they feel like, oh, well, I can just go on Facebook and listen to her sing, yeah, or yeah, I know yeah. her, so I'll just call her. And call her. her. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. But you'll find, you'll find more support outside of your home, and that's for every artist. 
I know that very well. I know that very well. It's it, it seems you do get recognized outside of your own city or state more, which is strange. As you say, you, you know so many different people and they know of what you do. But as you say, but when the numbers don't lie. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> it's, it's a pity. I mean, that obviously Houston, Texas, well, Houston specifically is a very different place to what it was in the 90s, mid yeah. late 90s and early thousands, where there was so much support for all of the artists coming up and stuff. It's, it, I would like to see a change, you know. And it slowly is. I would say that it, it is it is slowly changing because I feel like the world is recognizing that there's some pretty good talent in Houston. We're not just rappers and we're we're not just stuck with our culture but you know we're trying to make music for the world and not just our state or our city well well you know you're right in in a way but at the same time the mindset of the creators who put in and laid the foundation were making music for for, for literally Southside texas i mean sorry Southside right. houston that was it but no, nowhere else for nothing no, else yeah nowhere else but the north side were feeling it austin was feeling it dallas was feeling it. fort worth was feeling beaumont texas corpus christi yeah. yeah galveston was feeling it you know arkansas you know we can go all over the 50 states and then mm-hmm. little old me in in, in wet ass cold england i'm Woo! feeling it we're feeling it, <laughs> Sweden, you know what I mean? So I understand you're right. You do make it for that demographic, but it's still permeated globally um, with the help um, Rising Paradise, the DJ Screw, who screwed the whole world, right? Yeah. It, it's yeah, there. Definitely. And based, based upon that foundation, everybody, even up to now, to 2020, are taking portions and bits and pieces from the Houston culture specifically, and a mm-hmm. flourishing. So I would say still maintain the your culture made an impact. It made a big major, impact. major impact. Yeah, it did. So we, we you have to put congratulate yourself for being a resident and, and to, to, for being a contributor to the scene. And also not necessarily wanting to, to reinvent the wheel. Right. You know, of course, you want to be current and stuff, but that classic sounds, the that the ideas, the thought process, it's stuck. yeah, it's stuck. Yeah, you can't get rid of it. I don't care how many times you you think that. Oh, okay, well, now I'm making music that is not just going to be stuck in Houston. You always end up putting a slap song on on the album. You always do. <laughs> Mandatory, you always it? lead back. You always lead back to it. I have a song on my album. No, no matter how far you, I'm going to try not to. It's like an addiction. You have to have something in there. Mm. Something about some candy paint or yeah. um, the neon lights. You got to have something just to, to put your stamp on it. Like I'm from Houston, man. This is exactly, exactly. Don't forget where you come from. You know, rip never, that hate. <laughs> definitely um taking it back to school taking it back to school were we, were we one of the popular ones at school or were we in cliques like kind of explain what, what your experience was like at school so um i transferred schools from my second semester of ninth grade so i was considered the new kid 
if you ask anybody that went to school with me, they would say, oh, no, you were popular. I don't really think I was. I think I was just the chick that just floated around, free spirit, knew everybody. Um, I hung out with the popular kids, the not so popular kids. I found the nerds interesting. So I had a different table to sit at mm. for lunch, depending on how I felt. Um, That's yeah, I'm going to sit the nerds today and just kind of see what they got going on. Or oh, I'm going to go say hi to the jocks and see how the game was. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I just kind of wondered. I didn't really have a click. I had one best friend, actually two, my husband, and um, there was another girl I grew up with. That was pretty much so it. I just kind of, yeah, just made my way through. So at that early stage, you clearly had a presence about you and the ability to adapt to multiple different types of social environments? Yeah, definitely. Like, to this day, I don't have just one group I hang out with um, everyone all of my friends are different and they all come from different backgrounds and they're all different nationalities and if I choose to bring everybody together everyone is going to say the same thing she is a free spirit like how do you hang with her she's just so chilled and goofy <laughs> what, I don't what, know. what star sign are you I am a Taurus Bullheaded Taurian. Yep. Okay. Um, early or latter part of. So you, I'm are, right in the beginning, May third. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, so you're not that stubborn then, if you're a May Taurian. I got a, I got a little bit of it in there. Uh, but, oh, I wouldn't say a little know, bit. People can work with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um. We're growing up with grandma and, and pops. I take it grandma was a, a spiritual lady, religious lady? Very religious. Um, Sundays, don't make no plans for no birthday parties until after one o'clock. That's when service is over. Mm -hmm. Wednesdays, you need to get dressed because you need to go to choir practice. I was in the choir. So, yeah. Um, and this is Bible Baptist studies, Church. Sunday school. Baptist Church, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, you didn't really have an option mm -hmm. to um, do too much on Sundays or my grandma say the Lord's Day. That was it. You went to church, you came back, you ate food with your family and you rest. Mm -hmm. That is it. You prepare yourself for the week. Indeed. And that was her rules. Totally get it. Totally understand it. It's um, part of the foundation which um, has created the being that we have before us. Um, are, are we still in the word? So, yes, um, it's a little different now. I have to attend church on Zoom because of the pandemic. I really oh. miss church, like yeah. sitting in a church. But um, but do you remember yeah. when two or more are gathered in my name? Yeah, that Definitely. is church. That is church. So the, the whole um, congregation is on Zoom. Mm hmm. We can slide and say hi. We still do fellowship. So it's not too different. Um, I just do it a little different in my house. I put my phone on the, the TV yeah. so I can see the pastor. Um, <laughs> I can see my family members on there. Yes. And we hook it up to the Bluetooth. So we have church and surround sound until oh. further notice. <laughs> okay. You ain't missing um, nothing? Yeah. No, we just 
brought it home in my living room. So it's a little different, but I'm still receiving the word. And that's all that matters. So exactly. Give thanks. Yeah. And are we still Baptist or have we gone outside of the dominate denomination? I am still Baptist. My husband is. Um, we were in the process of getting my daughter um, her ceremony, but COVID happened. So oh, yeah. Yeah, she's gonna be raised up in the word too. The world needs it. Oh <laughs> most definitely. He only left you basic instructions before leaving leaving earth. this earth yep yes so, yeah, indeed definitely. and what about pops Pop, pops so my dad's big on church too um my dad is actually the one who pushed me into the choir because at first i was like i don't want to go up there and sing i want to sit by y'all mm. so my dad was like no you get up there and you use your voice and praise god and that is what you're going to do. So I grew up um, singing with not the youth choir, but the big choir. So I was the only tiny one <laughs> standing with the big people. And I got my first solo um, with the big choir. Was that because your voice was powerful enough to, to be up there with the, the seniors rather than? My dad used to always say that. So they took me out of the youth choir because I oversung on a lot of songs and kind of oversang the kids. So it was kind of like a solo because you couldn't really hear nobody <laughs> but me. You're doing your thing. Yeah. So they decided instead of just taking me out of choir completely, we'll put you with the adults. And I sang soprano one, soprano two, alto one, and alto two. And sometimes I helped out with the tennis. Never got to the bass quite yet, but. Oh, no, no. I wouldn't expect it. I wouldn't expect yeah. it. Not with, not with your, Can't slight, go that low. <laughs> your slight frame. No way. I, could, I can't see that there. <laughs> Can't go that low. But yeah, my, my dad just kind of was like, you, that's going to help train your voice. And it really did. It, to me, it helped strengthen it. And, you know, the pastors, you hold those notes. You don't stop singing until you see this hand drop. So he's just up there like this, like louder, louder. So the congregation can hear you louder. So you're just up there. <laughs> and you never know, but it actually strengthens your voice, your diaphragm, and it, yeah. it helps you to hold your notes longer. So it helped me a lot. And we don't have choir now because of, you know, the zombie okay. apocalypse with most yeah, high willing just kind of stop everything yeah. so my dad is taking the liberty to start training me now oh yeah his training is not easy it's very hard i can imagine i can imagine so what what was it like um growing up with a I guess, well, you tell me, what was it like growing up with, you know, with, with a singing father, you know, on all of these records and, you know, was was he, was it, was it, was it really fun? Was it like, my, you know? He was, he never let that determine parenting. So I went to a private school and if my dad had a show in Port Arthur, I went to Port Arthur. Mm -hmm. But I would sit in the limo and do all of my schoolwork with Pim C's son until they got finished doing what they would do. Uh -huh. And then they would get in the limo, we would go back to the hotel, 
my dad would make sure all my work was correct. So when we got back home, I could turn it in. Yes. So my dad was still a dad. Like it wasn't, I'm not your dad right now. I'm Ronnie Spencer. Mm. No, it was daddy got to go sing real quick. Do your work. When we come back, let's make sure everything's okay. And then we'll go find something fun to do. That's how I remember it. It's always been easy and pretty cool. And if I couldn't go with him, like if I had a test or something like that, or um, in elementary, I was on a little cheerleading team. If I had a game or something like that, then he would say, hey, daddy has to go out of town, but you're going to stay here with your grandmother. And when I get back, we'll, you know, we'll go Mm -hmm. figure out some stuff or something like that. So I understood, okay, well, daddy's doing this. So I know sometimes he's not going to be at the games, but he still found a way to make it to some of them. So I'd be out there doing a little cheerleading thing and look up and I'm like, oh, snap, that's uh, my job. Look, my dad came. Like, <laughs> that's my daddy. And he'd always have a giant teddy bear or some chocolate or something. I'm like, I thought you were out of town. Well, we finished early. So here I am. Yeah, man. So yeah, my childhood with my dad was awesome. Gift, um, right? it, was, it was the two of us against the world. And it is still like that now. Um, yeah, the grandbaby gets most of the love now, but you know I'm, I still get a little bit. <laughs> you get you get the little scraps after I now. Mean, the leftovers. <laughs> hey, is is pops gonna be on the album as well? So my dad is going to be on the album. He don't know it yet, but yeah. wink, wink, nudge, on. nudge. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of I, you know I sneak it to him a little bit, like I need you to go do this, and no, this is your album. You do your album, and I do my album. No, no, you're no, gonna be no. on there. Y'all gonna hear him in the background singing yeah. some lot of that dies on Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he has no choice. It's mandatory, man. It's mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> There's no choice. How, how did we get on um another uh soldier gone too quick, um Big Mo Rising Paradise? How did you get on that? Um on, on, that, on that track? So, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be at the studio with my dad that night, but he snuck me out the house and I ended up going to the studio. Um, I heard the track being made, but I still didn't know that I was going to get on the track and I don't think my dad knew either. <laughs> well, on our way to leave, he gets a call from um, DREC, which is um, the CEO and owner of Rec Shop Records. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, we need your daughter on a song. And my dad's like, my baby? Like, I want my baby on a song? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we just needed to say a couple of things. And when I get there, I'm excited because I'm like, oh my God, I'm finna go in the booth like my dad. This is my, this is my time. I was like seven years old. Seven. Wow. (laughs) They put me in the booth and I couldn't reach the microphone. No matter how much they dropped it, I couldn't reach it. So I ended up having to stand on a stool to sing in the mic. And my dad had to make a dummy track because I was like, well, what am I going to say? And he made the dummy track and he says, repeat everything daddy just said and we're going to take daddy off from under you. Mm. I said, okay. Well, they made me think that I was practicing. They were recording the whole time. So I'm just in there and I can remember like in my head, like I'm about to be like daddy, I'm about to be a superstar. Like this is awesome. 
And then my dad says, come out the boot and come listen. And I just remember looking at him like, that's me. I did that. That is me, daddy. You see that? That is me. And then not even a good two weeks later, I'm in the room playing. And my grandma comes running out the room. And she's like, you're on the radio. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm playing Barbies though, Bernie. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And I'm sitting here playing with my dolls and then I'm like, oh, granny said I'm on the radio. And I go on the radio and it's me on the little, on the little box. <laughs> and then when it? I went to school, all the kids are like, hey, they said your name on the radio. And I'm like, yeah, I went and I did a song like my dad. <laughs> and that was it, man. That was, oh, that was awesome. Best I, feeling ever. I can imagine a bit that got you hooked. Yeah, after that, that was like, that was all I needed, just to be in the studio. (laughs) So, um, how long was people at school, your schoolmates, um, well, how long did that fame last? That's the best way to put it. How long did the fame last for for that song? Because that was in rotation for quite some time. Um, it lasted till I'm gonna say I was about ten, and I changed schools again <laughs> because I had strange people coming up to the school asking to take pictures with me, and my dad didn't like that. Whoa! So I changed schools, and the school that I went to was a um, Christian school, so no one had ever heard of the Bar Baby or let alone rap music. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about we're in uniform with the little bow ties, the yeah. stockings, the socks, the uniform backpacks, strict. No one knew anything. Um, I want to say in fifth grade, new kid came in and basically was like, hey, y'all know who this girl is? Like she performed at Lockwood Skating Rink last week. That's the girl that's in Bar Baby. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh no. And I changed schools again. <sighs> so yeah, I changed schools again. And my dad was like, this time I'm gonna put you in public schools because at this point it's not gonna matter what school mm. you go to. Yeah. You're out there school. now, man. You're in the world. Yeah, so I couldn't do anything about it. So I switched to public schools and um it was good for about three years. I, my dad told me not to bring it up in school. So I wouldn't have any problems. And then Google became a thing. And I don't know why this kid named Ray decided he wanted to Google everybody in the classroom and Googled me. And that was it. He showed that to everyone in the school. So I ended up leaving school early that day. Then there was a meeting with my teachers. And the thing was, was in school, I am Ronetta Spencer. Yes. Not the girl that sings party. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do. And then high school came and no one cared because Google was everywhere and all the kids knew. Yeah. And it worked because I went to a predominantly blacks in Mexican school. So they were cool with it. Yeah. They were just like, oh yeah, that's the old girl. She sings Bar Baby. Yeah, my dad used to rap with your dad. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, I fit in. This is cool. Okay, this is awesome. It's not so, so different yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't different in high school. It was it was easier. It was a breath. They didn't care. 
okay, you seen the bar baby. That's good, girl. Congratulations. Proud for you. Anyways, what are we doing for homecoming? That's how it was. It was. <laughs> Why are you wearing tonight, girlfriend? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was easier in high school. So yeah, it was pretty cool. The good old days, the good old days. So we've we've progressed. We 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 did that as your your very first track at seven. When was the next time that we we appeared vocally? Um, I was eleven, and I ended up doing a song with Toe Down called "Rich Girl." You're a rich girl, and you've gone too far, and it really don't oh. And then it started all over again. Because ninety seven nine the box would not stop playing that song. They played it until time got better, and it started again. Oh, you're the girl that's on Rich Girl. Oh, I heard that's my favorite song. Oh, that's number one on the countdown today. So I was like, oh man, this stuff is hard. How do I become a normal kid? Were children? Did people want autographs from you or pitch? Well, I guess yeah, but you had fo- camera phones at this time, right? Maybe. So I didn't have a phone. I didn't get a phone until after I graduated high school. My dad was like, you don't need to call nobody. Nobody needs to call you. Yeah, I pick but... you up and take you to school. You don't need no phone. So <laughs> I grew up without a phone. Okay. But other children, though, other children had, had phones. At this they had phones. So they would ask to take pictures to show their moms or their dads. Mm. Or I had one girl ask me to sign her a binder. <laughs> Hey, look, she she had the right idea, man. She had the right idea because that's going to be worth thousands, if not millions. And I was like, at some why point. am I signing this? And she's like, I just want you to sign the binder so I can show it to my big brother because he doesn't believe me. Just like, okay, I guess, whatever. Yeah, man. The Lisa Frank binder. And I was like, oh. <laughs> You're a superstar. Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. Sign the binders. Uh, all you were missing was your security to take you to take you around to each class. <laughs> oh man, I thank God I did not have that. That would have been so awkward and embarrassing. <laughs> that would be very different. So, oh, you're the oh, we can't we can't come near you though because you got <laughs> some bodyguards. That would have been awkward. Mm. Thank you. That did not happen. Definitely. Okay. Um. We've gone pretty many different places here. So whilst we're at school, that's one thing I missed off. What was in heavy rotation in the CD player or the MP3 player at this time? What were we playing? Were we playing all the, the, the Houston artists or were we still into this pop stuff? So my playlist is everywhere, literally. Um, where I have to basically organize it. Mm-hmm. So I have me you know, over there in that little section. But I'm my hardest critic. So when I'm listening to my music, I'm listening on Waste and Proof. Yes. Not like enjoyment, like, oh, this is it. Like, dang, that note could have been stronger. And my dad hates that about me. But that that's what I do. Um, I love criticism from anybody because it, it helps me become a better me. Um, I have rock in my... And I'm not talking about like this rock they had. I'm talking about hardcore. Like I was a Kiss fan. I had the bobbleheads and everything. Oh shit, Kiss. Um, what about White yeah. Snake then? You like White Snake? Yeah. So I was, I was fascinated with their makeup, and um, I actually went to go and see them. They performed at a monster truck um, rally that was here in Houston, 
And I remember telling my dad, like, he split his tongue. Daddy, like, that is not a human man. <laughs> and they had these boots on. And I yeah. was like, oh, this is, this is it. Like, I like this music. So I went on a kiss binge for a while. Um, then my dad got me into Red Chili Peppers. So I listened to them too. And then that phase just disappeared. And I went into a country phase. Country. Where, okay. Yeah, I needed to listen to Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is actually how I discovered Whitney Houston because I discovered I Will Always Love You from Dolly Parton first. Uh-huh. Um, Blake Sheldon, I still listen to him now. Um, I've been to a couple of his concerts and I'm in there screaming. <laughs> like, not singing his songs, but screaming his songs along. Um, opera. I've listened to a lot of opera. My dad actually had me in opera training for three years. Wow. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life besides give birth. I can imagine. Um, it, it, it seems that is a very um, skilled uh, vocal activity. It's intense. It's intense. And those those trainers, they don't believe in, whew, I couldn't do that. No, stand up straight. Use your diaphragm. Um, correct posture will help the note come out. Make sure you can read music. It was... It was to the point where sometimes I'd come home and cry and tell my dad I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, opera training. Has any of that uh, training helped you in your just your normal vocal range? Yes, and you will see that in this album. You're gonna be the first person to get this album. I promise. Um, so I actually used opera in a couple of interludes, so you guys can actually see how high those people forced me to go. <laughs> that would be yes um all right uh i'm gonna be a are we going this isn't gonna be an ep this is a full album right full album um it was gonna start off as the ep the ep's name was gonna be statistics um the reason we were gonna name it statistics was because i actually took statistics and i researched for about two months statistics that they have on minorities and i just wanted to manipulate those into a song but as we got deeper in to the album and we actually started listening to it it was actually a little bit deeper than just a statistics so now we have statistics hanging over because we don't know if we're going to use that name or not yeah so yeah watch um, this space yeah this this album is gonna be a lot different from other albums that I've put out and other songs that I've put out. Mm-hmm. Let me rewind to not too long ago. How did you feel doing that live virtual concert? Was you nervous doing that? What was I? Who? Yes, I was nervous. <laughs> and then some, somewhere in there, I forgot my words. And I remember looking at my dad and my eyes were tearing up. And he was like, what are you going through? I was like, I don't know, dad. I'm nervous. Maybe maybe it's because I'm a mom now. My kid's watching me. I don't know. And he was like, go in the car, cut the song on, listen to it three times, come back out. I said, okay. And then as I'm walking to the car, he goes, just do what I used to do when I, when I get nervous. Or I, I thought about you and how I didn't want you to see me fail. Okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> Make sure I, my daughter does not see me fail. And actually, when I did that performance, I blacked out. 
So yeah, it was it was weird. I kind of just blanked everything. Like I couldn't see nobody. I just imagined me on stage and my little girl sitting down there rooting for me. That's all I saw. I didn't see cameras, nothing. You just zoned out totally. Zoned out completely. It was just me and my daughter and I was doing it for my baby. That's it. Uh, was correct me was it it was two performances you did wasn't it or was it just uh-huh i yeah. did two. No, oh, i did three three I did three i didn't know i was gonna do three i thought i was only gonna do one so when i got there luckily i keep a little bag in my truck with clothes i'm running like a mad woman taking <laughs> off wigs and putting clothes on and my dad's like what are you doing they want me back in there so i'm gonna go back in there and then esg came and was like hey are you going to stay? Because I'm doing our songs. I was like, guess I'm going to stay. Everyday street gangster. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess I'm going. Mr. ES. Okay. So, all right. Um, how comes, you know, maybe you're the wrong person to ask this, but why haven't we heard you on any of like for instance any of the any artists rapping artist albums of late so um when i was younger my grandma kind of wanted me to not be in the rap scene because it was a little different than it is now yes um it was a lot crazier then so she kind of wanted me to stay in a kid's place, I'll say. Mm-hmm. So I did the kid-friendly songs, um, the samples. As I've gotten older, my dad is like, go for it because you understand now what you are doing. Mm. So now I'm kind of shadowing him because I get calls for hooks all the time from the same people he, he's done hooks for. I can imagine. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I've done a lot of stuff with ESG. Um, ESG has taught me a lot of stuff as well. And Kiki, I've been on three of Kiki's albums. Um, I've done a song with Powwow. I recently did a song with J-Dog, which was epic because I'm a J-Dog fan and a yeah. young Easy fan. Um, and I've done four songs with Young Easy. And I'm a big fan of him as well. So, yeah, it's you, been pretty cool here lately. You're doing the thing. Yeah, creating with these fantastic artists that I grew up with and called uncles. And they're in here. You're not singing hard enough, girl. I know you can sing better than that. <laughs> like, it, I'm trying. <laughs> like, Belt that out, it. man. Belt that tune out, sis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, what, what? If, as we as we wind down, <clears throat> what else would you like to um, to impart to the siblings and listeners about about your um, your journey, your life, anything up and coming, which is new outside of the album? Um, it's not easy. It may look like it's super easy from things that you post, but it it's not as easy as it looks. It's very difficult. Um, there are moments when you wake up and you're like, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? So it's very important to stay grounded and create a goal. Like my goal that keeps me pushing in music is I'm going to get a Grammy before I leave this earth. 
not I want to or I wish I can. No, I'm going to get a Grammy before I leave this earth. So I know I have to figure out my path towards this Grammy and I got to work at it nonstop. I need it on my wall to say, baby girl, mama did it. I, I did it. I worked hard. I said I was going to achieve it. And I did. Don't give up. Um, even if that little voice in the back of your head is like, you just need to go and sell all your studio equipment and go get a nine to five. Don't listen to mm. that little voice because it is not an important voice. That is someone called the devil. Yep. And he likes to work and he likes to feed off of your weakness. So make sure you don't have that weak part of you vulnerable and at least available to him to use because he will drain you. And there was a moment where a couple of years ago, I told my dad, I don't want to do it anymore. Make sure you have strong people in your corner mm-hmm. where if you get thrown off of your, your written path, they're right there to push you back on it. My husband, if I look like I'm about to slip, they're going, no, no, no. Cause I didn't book studio time. I didn't pay for tracks. I didn't pay. No, ma'am. You here. We don't take sick days. We don't believe in that. If you are sick and you lose your voice, you are taking that time to listen to tracks so you can write. Yes. There's no days off from um, singing or modeling. There's there's no such thing. You can take a vacation, but as you guys see, I'm on vacation now. <laughs> you working. It never stops. Um, figure out a way to enjoy it and have fun with it. Don't think of it as, dang, I got to get up and I got to do this interview. Mm. No, get up there, have fun with it. And put it on your list of things that you accomplished and you got done. Because not everyone can wake up and say, hey, I did an interview today while looking out the window at a mountain. This is it. So you you take it all in. And most of all, make sure the man upstairs, make sure that you're giving him all the proper praise and all the glory. Because truth be told, he gave you the gift. Mm -hmm. He's the one that can take the gift away. And... Just be thankful for it and be thankful that you're blessed enough to wake up and breathe because a lot of artists can't do that. This is this is real, real talk. Outside of, you know, someone, you know, murder and stuff, people aren't, people aren't, tomorrow is not promised, unfortunately. No, it's not. So we, as you say, we need to give thanks every day. Um also faith without works is is death so we can't you know there's some people who are on this you know you know that with 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 verbally it sounds all good but you also need to put the work in right physically put put the work work in in. yes not going to be handed to you definitely not definitely not as a man thinketh so it shall be so you've got to think it first and then you've got to put the work in and then, then that, right. that thought manifested. is physically Ooh, manifested. Manifested. Just yeah. make it come true. You already know the um, It says if you ask, you can, you shall receive. Ask. You might not get it today or tomorrow, but he going to make it to where when you do get it, you're going to appreciate it and it's when you need it the most. Mm-hmm. So he is a big, big part of my life and in my journey. Thanks. great to hear great to hear because unfortunately there is a, a lot of people who are, are straying away from you know what what they were raised in and i i, I can 
understand, understand, and understand totally why, because unfortunately, man's word is very, man's word and traditions are very different to what's written in the book. Right, um, it is. And as I say, unfortunately, we, people get tied to personalities and people talking rather than actually studying to show thyself approved. So it's nice going on a Sunday and stuff. That's all gravy. Right. But you got to take it. Yeah. Take it home with you and use it. Mm -hmm. um, my grandmother is no longer here. And in paradise. when my grandmother, um, my grandmother, she passed away from a heart attack. I was put in the care of my dad and now my aunt, my grandmother's daughter, my dad's sister. And um, it followed. And I found that so beautiful. Everything that my grandmother was teaching me, she taught it to her daughter. And it was kind of like my grandmother never left because exactly. my aunt taught me everything. And she was in my corner. She still is in my corner. She's um, my makeup artist. So my aunt and her spirituality is beautiful. It, she can take something so negative and just hey god has you like you're okay don't even she'll wake up and call me in the morning hey baby was thinking about you just want to pray for you pray for my great niece and my my nephew-in-law once she started raising me i feel like i got more in contact with god and just knowing that hey it's okay it's a higher being out there i'm gonna be okay i got prayer Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. So I thank her for that. She plays a major part in my life. She picked up where my grandmother, you know, unfortunately, it was my granny's time. And my aunt has been a blessing in the music world. She pushes me, my God, she pushes harder than my dad does. <laughs> and she can't sing a lick. I was but just about to ask you. Can. I was just about to ask you, is Auntie a singer as well then? <laughs> no, you think she is. She's in the studio screaming. You hit that note. I know you got it. It's in your stomach. And I'm just like, I'm losing my voice. And Rachel, like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> that woman is hard, boy. Woo-wee. But I'm thankful for it. I'm she broke me out of my shell. And I tell a lot of people that they think that my dad broke me out. My dad gave me the strength but my shell that I was in it took her to have a talk with me and it was a straightforward talk her talk was basically you acting like you don't want it and if you don't want it you wasting my time and everybody else's time in the studio so you need to basically tell me if this is what you want to do or if you don't want to do it so I can go home and watch my soap operas and I remember thinking like that is mean like why would you say that don't say that to me. I'm going through something right now. No, you're not going through anything. You're being stubborn and you're wasting a lot of people's time. Get in there and sing this song, girl, so we can go. Mm. And I remember I went in there and I sang that song like that was the last song I was going to sing in your life. <laughs> that motivation. Man, that was some kind of motivation. When I came out the booth, the smile on her face was right here. And she was like, I told you you could do it. Now let's yep. go get something to eat. This is it. <laughs> she pushes me hard. She really does. At the right and time for the right the purpose. Right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, those you... are the people that have raised me and made me into this goofy woman. 
<laughs> this very this 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 um very talented uh, young woman, I would say as well. So let's not mm. let's not forget that. Let's not forget that Ooh, at all. There's a team behind it. I'm telling you. Listen, there's a team behind any great woman or any great man. Um, so you know, we with these there's, there's no rocks that stand alone. There's, there's something that no. reinforces that. Yeah, mine and and to highlight, trust me, everyone was was um everyone heard but in case they wasn't listening the the importance of having a support a strong support circle a true support circle around you is 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 vital it's, it's vital they're part of your foundation this is it when you make when you take the the left turn rather than staying on the right path those people are going to be there to say, "Oh no, no, don't go left. This is where. You, come on, this is where you're, you're supposed going to go." Wrong. They are your. They are your human GPS. Mm -hmm. That's what they are. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I don't want to take too much of your time, so I have two very last questions for you, Mademoiselle. First one: Have you had fun today? I had an awesome time today. This was. This is. Uh, I got to sit down, not going to the mountains today and just talk to someone new. Yeah, I've enjoyed this. Great, great. We've gone so many different places. Um, I think I, I know a, a large portion um, of who you are and your aspirations, dreams and goals. Um, tell us who you are, but don't tell us your name. I am energetic. I am very spiritual. I love to sing. I love to dance, be goofy, be happy. And I am a family person. Most of all, I like shooting my goals directly and knocking them out the ballpark. That is who I am. Wonderful, wonderful. Make sure you give baby girl a big hug. I've been hearing her throughout this build, <laughs> ramping in the background. <laughs> salute to salute to you, King. Um, how can the siblings and listeners get hold of you? What's the best way, social media wise, if you can throw all that that good stuff out? So you guys can go on Instagram, R-O-N-N-E-T-T-A underscore. I do follow back. And you guys can also get me on Ronetta Denise Spencer on Facebook and Ronetta underscore, that's R-O-N-N-E-T-T-A underscore on Twitter. And yes, I follow that and I tweet all of my fans. <laughs> Interactive, responsive um, social media handler here. So make sure you go over, subscribe if you're not already, follow, do all of that wonderful stuff and interact. And, and if you, and this is if this is the first time you've stumbled across this, go back in the archives and, and, and listen. Go onto the, the iTunes, the Spotify, um, Google. Just Google the name and, and see what this young lady has um, brought forth as a, uh, a vocalist. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you'll be happy and it will bring some smiles to your face. I hope you guys will. <laughs> Definitely. I'll make sure I put... Um, the links to all the social medias below in the description um make sure you like comment subscribe share um we will be back continuing this texas series definitely <laughs>